Hello, and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with Mental Health America of Wisconsin. We're your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We are sisters and best friends who live with depression and have learned that hearing others speak openly and without shame makes it easier to believe depression is a common and treatable illness, not a personal failing. You are far from alone. Hi, Terry. Hello, Bridget. So a reminder that September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. We will link to several episodes with this one in the hopes that you'll listen to them and share them as a contribution to the efforts going on around the world. We also want to remind you about the sprinkling of small gestures of kindness that we challenged last week, see how they went, and encourage you to continue doing it this week. I'd say this month. It's Suicide Prevention Month. Let's just keep it going. Absolutely. This month. Yeah, it doesn't require much time, doesn't require any money, and it can not only save a life, it can make somebody's day. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So last week, we also introduced you to Janine Rivers. She spoke of her upbringing, the tender age at which toxic voices entered her life, and we got to hear her sing one of her favorite songs, Summertime from Poor Game Bess, giving new meaning to giving voice to depression. We started with healthy, empowered Janine because we wanted you to hear a suicide attempt survivor years later laughing, singing, and able to use the perspective of time to look back gratefully on her life. Today's episode will focus on Janine's suicide attempt. We believe that that's important too, because it offers a powerful message. Like many survivors, after taking steps intended to kill herself, Janine realized she did not want to die. Not all methods give the opportunity to reconnect with our will to live. So please, please listen to her story assuming that it's not too triggering for you, and let her message sink in. There are ways to end the pain that do not involve ending your life. Quick review. Janine is new to sharing about such an intense and intimate part of her life. But when she was ready, she was really ready. Her revelation, made just last week, was two-pronged a published essay, which she'll read from in this episode, and a sit-down interview with us, giving her big voice to depression. And to be honest, it's not something that I always would claim. And the reason why I didn't claim it is because it was frowned upon. You know, depression is looked at... um, Whenever your behavior is not what it should... A person thinks it should be, If they don't know that you're diagnosed with anything, then, oh, you're just acting. But as soon as they figure out that you have a diagnosis, well, you know, they're mentally ill or something's wrong with them. And then who wants that stigma on them? Mm -hmm. Who wants, when you're, when you have an outgoing personality and 
you are um, looked upon as being this person that's always happy. When you have people always telling you, Janine, I, I wish I had your life. You're always so happy. You have it so, always so together. Who wants to admit that they have depression? Janine is not only admitting to depression, but to a diagnosis that's perhaps even more misunderstood, one including hypomanic episodes in addition to depressive ones. It's one of the illnesses that used to be clumped together and called manic depression. She brought it up unprompted. Well, let me ask you something. Do you want me to discuss my diagnosis? So pull me into it, because this is, this is okay. hard, but I'm so, going to do it. Um, you know, some of us know that we've had something, you say, since 10. And then when we're finally diagnosed, if we're finally diagnosed, some people find great relief because now they got a damn word for it. <laughs> yes. So I don't know, how, what was your reaction to being diagnosed? What led you to go to a doctor to be diagnosed? Well, you know, what What led me to go to a doctor is because, I, like I told you, I'm very, um, or, or as people say, I'm very high-spirited and sometimes irrational with it. Like, Janine, really? Like, you're going to really do that? <laughs> and um, I still I still squabble with the diagnosis. But, but but lately, when I was reading what my diagnosis is, I have to say I laughed. I said, oh, this is so me. Girlfriend, just go ahead and claim this because this is so you. So yes, in 2003, I was diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. And I say that proudly. That, that was kind of like hard for me to ever tell anybody. Having disclosed that, she then wanted to make one point very clear. Our diagnoses define our illnesses, not ourselves. I am not bipolar disorder. I am not crazy. I've been diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. So I think sometimes we have to learn to realize that we are who we are as individuals, and then we have this diagnosis. Um, a person who has cancer or a person that has kidney disease, we don't tell them, you are cancer, you are kidney disease. When you have a mental illness, you hear, you are crazy, you're schizophrenic. Why do we do that to people? Mm-hmm. We're still people. We're still wonderful, beautiful people. We just may have a little something that's just different about us. Everybody does. Right, and, and we all do. Mm-hmm. A heads up. Here's where Janine brings up her suicide attempt. So I'm assuming you are speaking today from a pretty healthy, empowered place, because if you're depressed, it's sure not showing. <laughs> but tell me, tell me about those days when you wake up and sit on the edge of your bed and aren't sure you want to be alive that day. You know, when I was 19, um, I tried to commit suicide. I should have never woke up. I woke up and panicked because I didn't want to die. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? You don't want to die. You just want that pain to stop. You don't want to die. Wait, pick up the phone, call someone. You just want to stop hurting. And the pain sometimes is so... Oh, it's so um, paralyzing that you don't want to feel it. 
But if you wait and just pick up the phone and call someone and tell someone what you're feeling, you will be really happy that you have not that an attempt. I'm glad I failed. But you really don't. You really just want to stop hurting. We've all heard that phrase, failed suicide attempt. But think about it. It is not a failure to live through an attempt. And it is hardly a success to die. So instead of successful, it's recommended we say died by suicide. And when someone like Janine tries to kill him or herself and lives, they're attempt survivors, a phrase Janine much prefers now that she thinks about it. So I shouldn't say I'm glad I failed. No, you're glad you survived. Thank you. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm glad I survived. Yeah. Thank you. Because I consider myself a survivor. Not a failure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. See, I learned you're something. A survivor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. You are so very welcome. <laughs> I do not see a failure sitting across from me right now. I'm I glad you survivor. don't. I'm glad. You know, I, but, you know, I still deal with some of the same issues that I did. But I just have a different, you know, I. Life is just so beautiful. We have to give it a chance. Back to Janine's story from decades ago, when depression talked her out of that belief. Yeah, I, I remember that day, plain as day. I remember waking up, calling into work what I felt that day. I felt like I had no one to call, no one that was going to understand. I was isolated from my family, so I couldn't call relatives or anybody because I didn't think they cared. I had nothing. So, you thought. I thought. So I thought. Janine reads her recollections of that late spring day when after attempting to enter life, she realized she was still alive. The silence in the room was diddly as I became aware of that eerie stillness. I thought, but why am I awake? I thought I would sleep and never wake up again. My body felt like jello, firm yet wobbly. Oh my God, I thought, beginning to panic. What have I done? Out of nowhere, I heard a whisper, Janine, get up. But I can't, I can't even move, I protested. No longer a whisper, the voice demanded, Janine, get up right now and get to the door. You can do it. Go. But how, I thought, I feel so totally warped. How can I possibly get to the door? There is no way I can walk, I cried out. I just wanted to sleep, to dream of a time when I felt whole and happy. And just as I was closing my eyes again, ready to give up, the voice thundered, Janine, get up. Come on. Get up. Panic and defeat fought within me. Why should I want to live? Something in that call gave me courage to try. Somehow I rose and took a few steps, fell to the floor, and then began dragging myself toward the door, all the while hearing, come on, just a little bit more. You can do it. With great effort, Janine managed to get to her apartment door, open it, and get into the public hallway where she'd be found. 
The hospital summary reads, her mental status upon admission was apparently confused, disorientated, which eventually degenerated into a coma lasting one week. No one knows how long I was lying in the hallway unconscious before I was found. But I will never forget what the doctor told me. Janine, if you had been found 15 minutes later, you would be dead. 30 plus years later, it's still hard. So for me, this is what I think about. Um, I think about that I didn't die. I think about how I was found. And I... And I wasn't mad when I woke up. I was actually pretty happy that I woke up. And if I didn't, if I hadn't woke up, I never would have had my beautiful daughter. I never would have accomplished all the great things in my life that I've accomplished. I would have never had that great degree, that great career in banking. And I never would have met so many amazing people in my life. So... For me, it's, I survived once, and it was for a reason. 15 minutes, one quarter of one hour. For Janine, that was not just the difference between death and life, but of a life in which her childhood dream and many others came true. How can I just leave this world when I have so many more people to love on and to pour into? The day I die, people will, will be able to say, she may have done this and she may have done that, but oh, she always rose above like a phoenix and look what she did. They will have to say that. Reading again, here's Janine. If you Google my name today, you will find a world that never could have happened if I had been found 15 minutes later. I earned an Associate of Arts degree in vocal performance at age 48, and I released my debut CD, Iridescent October, in 2016. Traveling throughout Europe and the U.S., I have had the honor of performing for millions. The voice I heard that day in 1985, the whisper, and then the shout, Janine, get up, is the same voice I heard as a teenager telling me to escape. Now at age 55, I continue to hear this voice during the most difficult times in my life. I hear that call as the voice of God reminding me to get to the door and open it because on the other side, there is a bright light filled with many more amazing opportunities. The end. The beginning. The beginning, yeah, yeah. I'm so struck, Terry, by the difference of those inner voices. You know, one's like, come on, girl, get up, take a step, you can do it. It's kind, it's compassionate, it's loving, it's pro-life. And then there's the voice of the, you know, beep, 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 deflating bully of depression, you know, who just tears you down and spits you out. And I mean, I'm just really struck by the difference of the power of the inner voices, positive and negative. I think she summed it up so well when she said, panic and defeat fought within me. And those, that might be the conflict of the very voices you're describing. Yeah. It's just, I, I mean, I know that there are people who are listening who are in that really, really dark place. And I just want to, you know, hug them and say, 
please believe her. Please believe somebody who has been there because when you're there, we know it doesn't feel like you'll ever get out. Mm-mm. But so many things can change, and they do, and, and she is literally living proof. And we tend to think, people we people with depression, you know, you can think that suicide is the way to end the pain, but it also completely eliminates any chance that life will get better. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.